I'm Jonathan Mosin and this is Mosin at Large, the show that's got the blind community talking. It's episode 102 in which we're going to be looking at a new app called Louis Voice Assistant. In supported apps, it makes performing quite complex tasks by voice a breeze. We speak to its creator and give you a demo. Mosin at Large Podcast. Not everyone finds using a smartphone easy or intuitive. Many appreciate the potential of these devices, but they struggle with their use. A powerful voice assistant available on the Android platform seeks to change all that. It's designed specifically for blind people, and it's called, appropriately enough, Louis. Its creator is Pramit Bhagava, and he joins me now. Pramit, it's great to have you on Mosin at Large. Welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. Great to be here. Did you have a software development background before you got into Louis? <laughs> yes and no. I'll tell you why yes, because I'm actually a computer engineer. Uh, but then, uh, so I, I, you know, I've myself done coding in those uh, four years of my uh, degree. But then I moved on to do an MBA and then, you know, subsequently have been more into marketing and be- developing businesses. But the fact that, uh, you know, I come with that background. So right now I'm not coding for Louis. Uh, honestly, I've forgotten all of that. But then that fundamental appreciation of technology, what it takes, being able to, you know, work closely with the technology team. So all that definitely helps me. And your journey to being interested in blindness products has been a long one, hasn't it? I understand it took about 20 years for you to reach the point where really you were working as a blind person. Uh, yeah, so uh, so I I had a normal vision. So like, uh, the, you know, uh, like I said, uh, computer engineering, then MBA, then I worked with uh, global companies like Unilever, Motorola, Quest Diagnostics. And I think, uh, you know, where the change uh, happened, it happened sort of overnight. So I was put on a drug and uh, it just uh, reacted on the retina. It was sort of a freakish uh, reaction. And my vision overnight dropped uh, this like 20 years back. And then over the years, it kept dropping. I was working and then about nine years back, I think I hit that point uh, where, you know, suddenly everything was wavy. I couldn't read anything at all. You know, whatever be the font size, uh, and uh, my vision was still dropping. And that was the time when uh, I just got lost uh, because, uh, you know, because I was trying to relive my past life. So in a way, you know, wondering whether I can do Excel, PowerPoint, and how will I do this, do that, all these devils in the mind, lost confidence. And I was just sitting at home, two and a half, three years doing nothing. And at the same time, I was struggling with the new technology because uh, I started using screen readers. <laughs> and you can imagine, the, you know, I mean, the, uh, you know, on the mobile phone, it works differently. The gestures are different. So I think that phase, uh, honestly, that whole settling down, and I've now been talking to a lot of visually impaired people across the world. And I realized that uh, that's, that was not a unique experience. I think a, a lot of us probably go through that. And, uh, you know, so somewhere back of my mind, I wanted to build something, you know, which would be probably easier, a shorter learning curve and uh, would be extremely effective. I mean, I understand coming to terms with all of that, the randomness of it and the effect of it must have been quite a psychological challenge as well. Uh, yeah, it was. In fact, if I tell you so nine years back, that, that two and a half, three years phase, I think it was more in the mind than anything else. And like I said, the core of it in my case was trying to relive in the past. In fact, the way I got out of it was, uh, you know, when a friend pointed this out and he said, look, why forget your past? Why not think about what is it that you really want to do now? And that shook me up. 
And that is what really helped me come out of this uh, phase. And then I started doing consulting, etc. And then series of things happened, which got me into building Louis Voice Control. Sometimes inspiration finds us in the most unusual ways. And it seems that the epiphany that you had, which led to the creation of Louis, occurred when somebody was assisting you to order an Uber, of all things. <laughs> That's right. So that was uh, the time when, uh, you know, so there was, I had met a venture capitalist and he had, he was the one who put this in my mind. He was, he heard my story and he said, look, why don't you build apps for people like you? Solve your own problem and hopefully make it work for others. So with this thing back of my mind, I had gone to actually uh, meet a friend. This is just a, you know, regular meeting. Uh, he took my smartphone on the way back and he said, why don't I book Uber for you? He was just trying to be, you know, helpful. So I gave it to him. I said, okay, you know, no harm. And uh, he asked me what my destination is. I, I uh, you know, I gave him the, my destination. He said, these are three options that Uber is showing. I said, okay, pick up this one. Similarly, uh, he said, okay, these are the rights available. This is the fare. I, I, he gave me the options. I said, pick up this one. Uh, we, did, we worked out uh, similarly with uh, how to pay. And then he booked it for me and even called the driver for me. No, you know, when I was in Uber, something just, uh, you know, just, just out of the blue, like it was like a Eureka moment. And something just told me, okay, uh, oh boy, uh, you know, this experience was great. And I'll tell you the crux of it. So as a visually impaired, I have always felt that, look, can I be independent? But at the same time, I want to be in control. So I don't mind taking help, but then I got to be in control. And this, here was this experience, very convenient. But all along, I was the one taking decisions. I was the one uh, deciding. And this is when I, you know, the thought came that, look, can I build a virtual friend right there on the phone screen, which will do exactly this, give the same experience my friend was doing. It will, uh, you know, do a continuous two-way interaction with me. It will uh, give me all the options, whichever app it supports. I should be able to do each and everything within it with voice commands. And this is how, you know, Louis Voice Control was born. So when I think about ordering an Uber, and I'm an iOS user, at least for me, the Uber app is really quite accessible these days. Does that suggest that this is an issue for people who perhaps don't have access to the same training? Or you know, where do you think the screen reader paradigm is falling down that requires the use of something like Louis? Okay, so uh, this I'll say from uh, you know my personal experience, because I'm no expert on uh, accessibility. But uh, like I said, uh, one is that uh, I think screen reader is critical. Let, let me be very clear on it. And I don't think Louis is trying to in any way replace uh, any screen reader. I, I personally have to use a screen reader and I do use it. But I think uh, what uh, this one does is that it just gives you another option. And uh, there are times when, uh, you know, in a screen reader, one has to know the app well, one has to know, you know, where each one is, and there is a lot of swiping, etc. one has to do. And, uh, you know, uh, Uber, uh, at least on Android has been up and down. So there were times when even, you know, I think it was about a year back, when suddenly even the search box got inaccessible, uh, though, though Louis was able to support it, <laughs> you know. So there are times when, you know, these apps go up and down. So the way I would say is that uh, even if I am, let's say, a great screen reader user, I'm. this is another convenient way of doing it. it there is no learning curve. Uh, I don't need to really know uh, a lot about the app. Uh, it's just a, uh, you know, uh, just a conversation, like I said, with my friend uh, there. 
and uh, I just need to make the selections and uh, Louis does everything for me. And, uh, you know, the good thing is, uh, like, for example, uh, in Uber, if you take uh, Jonathan, each and everything within that. So even things like, for example, calling the driver, messaging the driver, because sometimes messaging can, you know, I mean, it used to take me a lot of time. Now here I can, you know, just quickly message uh, because I, I just have to give a voice message and it just, uh, you know, uh, it will uh, write it out and uh, send it off. And even things like, uh, you know, uh, ch changing your destination it has happened a few times with me where I had to actually change my destination uh, while I was in the right or even doing things like multiple stop booking, etc. So I think uh, it is, uh, you know, to my mind, it's more of convenience with short learning curve and with, uh, you know, high effectiveness because each and everything can be done with voice. Yes, you raise an interesting point because apart from the fluctuating accessibility of some of these third party apps, I think it is true to say that. A screen reader user does have to have a higher degree of technical competence or proficiency and remember more than, say, the average sighted user does. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you simple examples. Uh, let's say uh, an example in, uh, I would say, uh, say WhatsApp, let's say. Or even let's, let's go back to Uber. I'll give you that example. Now, sometimes I've struggled because I didn't know where cancel is. Right. So in Android app, cancel is right at the bottom. Now, imagine if you're and I usually keep a large font. So, you know, so imagine you're swiping, 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 you know, and uh, you want to cancel immediately. Right. Because uh, otherwise charges will come on. So so there are times when, if you know, if you don't know exactly where the physical button is located and a lot of these things keep changing. I mean, a lot, lot of the UIs keep changing. Uh, or the example that I was giving on WhatsApp. Now, for example, something like the, as easy as sharing a location or clearing my entire um, chat, the entire all set of messages. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to go deep inside menus to actually get that option. You want to block, sir, block somebody. Now, here with uh, Louis, you know, you just have to say block, and uh, Louis figures out, you know, where that, uh, you know, how to activate that. So it just makes it uh, dramatically easier. Let's talk about the experience. If you pick one app. It could be Uber or WhatsApp, your choice. Can you describe the experience that a user gets when they're using those apps or those services through Louie? Sure. I think I'll talk about Uber because it's, a, you know, like the story also we can identify with it. So uh, there is an initial setup. Uh, of course, the app is completely accessible. And the whole idea is that initially, because that's the only, the uh, is a voice app, so it doesn't have a screen of its own other than a setting screen. So in, so the whole idea is initially make the user completely familiar with how to use it, what are the various ways to start it off, what are the things that one needs to be take care of. So all that is done, there, there are video tutorials and so on. Uh, and, and, you know, a written tutorial as well. You know, user wants, they can skip it. But basically, Louis can be started by either saying, hey, Louis, that's one option. There are five other ways. Uh, the most convenient one is to just double check uh, your phone and start it, uh, you know, uh, from anywhere. Now, the way Louis works is, uh, you know, so let's say you, uh, it used to say, uh, you know, it will start off by asking which app you want to open. And I, uh, now I, here I can say Uber or I can also give a direct command. So I can say book Uber for Hotel Redison, for example. Right. So there it will then automatically, uh, you know, come to the destination screen and uh, give you options in some terms of, you know, which specific destination you want to pick up. All you got to say is select. Then, uh, then you know, what it does is you come to the right screen and the we have also added value. So what Uber will try and do is that it will probably try and push uh, something, you know, in a, a ride which may not be the cheapest, but the, this is something that they want to push. 
what uh, Louis does is it will always give you rights in the order of increasing prices. And I have also have the capability to mark a right as a favorite. So I can just say, just say mark as favorite. In which case, uh, let's say if I'm taking a particular right every time, th uh, that's the one which appears uh, first, uh, you know, which will be spoken first. I can also just speak the name of the right, uh, you know, so if I know, so I don't have to go through one after another. But basically, uh, it tells me uh, the ride, how much time it is going to take and uh, and the fare. And uh, once I select it, then the, basically, uh, you know, this is again something specifically for visually impaired people. You just want to be sure. Like I said, you want to be in control. So Louis will just reconfirm everything. It will say, okay, this is your pickup point. This is your destination. This is your ride. And, uh, you know, and uh, this is how you're paying up. And once you confirm, it gets you there. And then uh, once, you know, it will tell you how far ride is, uh, the rider, is, the driver is, how much time it takes, the details, uh, uh, you can call, message, cancel, and so on. Uh, and then it gives you, you know, so once you do that, each and every option. So for example, things like sharing your trip. You know, a lot of us would like to share our, uh, our trip with, uh, let's say, a friend or family. Uh, that is there. You can cancel. You can change your destination. Uh, you can even make an emergency call. So basically, each and every functionality is there. Uh, multiple stop booking is there. And then there's something interesting, Jonathan, that I'll talk about. And this is something that no other app uh, will provide. So let's say my, my driver is seven minutes away, right? So I can just tell uh, Louis to go silent. So I can just say stop, shut up, or I can just, uh, just turn off the screen. Louis goes silent. Now, let's say after five minutes, I open it up and I'm on that WhatsApp uh, confirmation screen for the trip. I just do a double shake and Louis comes on and it automatically figures out. So it can start from anywhere. It automatically figures out, uh, uh, okay, the user is on this screen and it will start off uh, right from there. It will tell you, okay, now the ride is, let's say, one minute away and, uh, you know, whatever options that are there. So Jonathan, just to sort of summarize, there are three fundamental differences with the, let's say, the existing voice assistants, Alexa, Siri, or Google. One is there is continuous voice interaction. Second, uh, each and everything within the app can be done with voice commands. And number three, it, uh, it can start from anywhere. And unlike the voice assistants, they will always start from scratch. There's no contextual, you know, uh, continuation which is there. There's no uh, continuous uh, interaction. And we all know that they will do only superficial, you know, basic two or three things within an app. Right. And I guess because Android's a lot more relaxed about the permissions that it gives third-party app developers, it will respond to the wake word from anywhere. Is that right? Yeah. So there is an option uh, yeah. for the user that it can be done only from setting screen or from anywhere. So yes, each and every option is built in there. Absolutely. It sounds very conversational. So you could be talking to someone beside you. It sounds like what you've tried to do is really emulate that experience that you had when a sighted person was assisting you to order the Uber. You're absolutely right. So there have been times because, uh, you know, this is a long journey, actually. I, we started almost four years back, two and a half years back, we started the company. So there were times, uh, you know, when I would be forced with uh, making difficult choices as to, you know, go down this path or that path. And I'll always close my eyes and I'll say, okay, if my human friend were to be sitting there, how will he respond? So we have tried to replicate exactly the same kind of experience, basically simple conversation and you can give simple commands. So it gives you always options and, uh, you know, the, there's no com complicated commands to be given. What apps does Louis work with right now? Okay, so right now it works with Uber, YouTube, WhatsApp, contacts, phone calling, 
text messaging is just going in and then we are bringing in lot of uh, capabilities and new apps so for example uh, we uh, you know uh, uh, lots of uh, uh, you know parts of the world where uh, internet is very patchy or very expensive so it can now work in offline mode also i mean it's just going in within this week then uh, one of the other things uh, you know we, we must have all realized that whether we are you are on whatsapp or messenger you know there are images that get shared so for example somebody shared a new year greeting with me through an image <laughs> and of course i couldn't figure out anything so we are building in ocr as well as image recognition capabilities in a completely seamless way so for example in whatsapp just like it will read a text message and uh, play out an audio message it will actually uh, you know in a completely seamless way read out the text on the image and what the image is uh, so uh, you know so we are trying to also make it fully accessible even if there are images uh now in terms of new apps we are trying to do uh, messenger instagram also i know it's very very visual but now with these capabilities we are very confident that uh, you know instagram can be actually used by many more people i mean it's the hottest social media app but it's just that uh, you know a lot of us believe that it's uh, not for us wow the fact that you can just go through whatsapp and get descriptions of the photos and things that people are posting that's a that's a killer feature right there I I guess I believe so and it's completely seamless you know like I said it's like reading a text message <laughs> you know uh, because those capabilities are there because otherwise you know you have to store your app go to your gallery then uh, share it and open it with another app and that app will then tell you what is there uh, so this seamless and then you know uh, uh, now uh, we have right now users in 70 countries and uh, my email id mobile number is like freely available so a lot of people just call me up and uh, i get to listen to lot of user pain points so for example uh, one of the pain points people told us is google search being able to uh, browse around being able to uh, read articles then uh, you know in whatsapp messengers you we get sometimes attachments as well so these could could be pdf documents word documents uh, browser links a pdf document could be a scan document right so the whole idea is make all of that accessible now if we can do that I, you know a lot of teachers have been telling me that look a lot of students uh, are depending upon uh, these documents to be read out to them so hopefully you know it will become uh, uh, good for uh, even let's say uh, you know uh, students as well i suppose one of the dangers you face is that as the app becomes more capable and it does more things you have to be careful not to lose that key marketing point which is ease of use right because the more features there are potentially the more complicated it can get so you're absolutely right jonathan in fact uh, so the uh, and because like, like i said i come from the technology background but very quickly uh, you know i realized that look technology user doesn't see at all right so if you really look at it what what is uh, what is louis it's just uh, you know louis says something and the user is supposed to respond so it's just a two way conversation so you are absolutely right that you know what is really important the crux of it is the user experience and uh, it's very important that let's say whether i'm using uber or a uh, youtube or whatsapp the user experience has to remain the same the way the options come out uh, you know so that if if let's say a user uh, figures out how to use uh, uber every other app is uh, you know uh, seamless and it's uh, simple so you're absolutely right that uh, you know there is this danger of getting into complexities and then uh, you know uh, the user just getting lost and i am very very conscious about it by the way i am the biggest uh, 
user and critic of the app <laughs> because I'm completely dependent on Louis. Uh, it's almost like solving my own problem. Mm, that's always the challenge with products when people really like something and they ask for more and more and before you know it, it's got all bloated. And so that's that's the challenge of product development for sure. How long have you been in the Google Play Store now? Uh, okay, so we actually have been there for a long time. So uh, like I said, we started the company two and a half years back. And about one and a half years back when we had a very basic prototype, <laughs> you know, we put it up on Play Store. So the whole idea was let's get whatever feedback. You know, we knew the app is not ready, but we just uh, put it up there. We didn't talk about it at all. So last, I would say about a year has been uh, pretty much working on feedback from users. So a lot of things we push out. So a lot of, uh, you know, sometimes half-baked things we'll push out just to see what kind of feedback is coming, which direction we should go, should we do this, do that. Now, uh, in the last uh, eight weeks, uh, only when we have really started telling the world about it. And every day I get massive amount of feedback. And that's what really is helping us uh, drive it and just making sure that is it usable, is it easy to use. So I don't want to lose some of these very, you know, core uh, basics of the app. What determines what Louis can work with? I guess that any app that you interface with would have to have an API. Ah, this is where, okay, we are different. So, okay, so this is what really makes Louis very, very uh, different and very versatile as compared to any other app. Now, though, so, okay, we started Louis by first initially building a screen reader. And therefore, uh, you know, uh, actually we have a strong screen reading technology that's available. Now, uh, uh, if you remember, I said to think of Louis like a virtual friend right on top of the screen. So that's how it actually works. So Louis has the capability to work on top of the screen as well as with the APIs. So, for example, let's say contacts, phone calling, text messaging, uh, those are all API based. Uh, we use Android APIs. But if you take Uber, for example, or a WhatsApp, we actually work on top of the top of the screen. Now, what happens with that is uh, one, uh, I don't have to go and integrate uh, Louis with uh, these apps. I don't uh, need any uh, permissions because I, I'm not in any way interfering with the way the, um, you know, the uh, WhatsApp or an Uber works. And uh, yet at the same time, uh, each and everything that a sighted person can do on the app, Louis can do that. Because APIs otherwise will have limitations, there will be documentations, there will be, you know, God knows, uh, you know, what is what we can do out of that. And this is what gives Louis the power, being able to work on, right on top of the screen, it will work on top of the screen and under the hood as well. So uh, there are times when, you know, we are able to do things which, ex uh, which, uh, which are not accessible, certain buttons, certain, uh, you know, features which are not accessible, we are able to do those as well. Does that mean then that the app is susceptible to a screen changing radically? I mean, if Uber came out and redesigned its app tomorrow and started giving you prompts in a different way, would that upset the app? See, okay, so great, great question. So, uh, yeah, so we have about two years of experience of, you know, so for example, WhatsApp, the change, there was one dramatic change which happened almost one and a half years back. So only once did we have to, you know, uh, I think it took us six, seven hours to actually, uh, you know, apply those changes. Now, what happens is if there are minor UI changes, you know, buttons move from left to right, etc., etc., all that doesn't matter. Actually, all that uh, uh, doesn't matter to Louis. If there are fundamental changes, you know, what are called uh, inside the way the app has been written. And, uh, you know, if there are basic changes to that, then we have to keep adjusting it. But then, you know, like I said, WhatsApp, maybe once in two years, 
uh, Uber and YouTube are more frequent, maybe once in a few months. And these are but minor, minor changes that we have to just keep adjusting to. But it's not that, uh, you know, suddenly it will collapse. It doesn't have, at least so far, the experience is not that. How long does it typically take to catch up when you find that something has happened to an app that you support until you're able to respond to that change? Oh, okay. Pretty fast. So it could, uh, you know, like, like I said, uh, WhatsApp was a wholesale change. So it took us six, seven hours. Normally the changes are very minor. Now the way we do it is, uh, 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 in our servers, we keep the, all the essential voice data, including the screen recognition data. So uh, let's say if I come across uh, something that not working, it will probably take a developer, I don't know, more than maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We just move it to the server and uh, the user doesn't have to update their app. Uh, the, you know, the server will just push down the new voice data and the user will probably not even come to know that we have made the change and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's uh, working. So the user doesn't have to keep updating their app all the time. So it gives us a, you know, a lot of flexibility and we can make these changes very, very fast. You know, otherwise imagine that you make the change and it's dependent upon user updating their app. You know, so that uh, that's not a very clean way of doing it. Now, there are plenty of Android devices out there. Do the devices that Louis runs on have to meet certain requirements in terms of specifications? See, only a basic requirement of Android uh, 7 and above. So, and as long as the device has a standard uh, Android uh, operating system. So, just to tell you, for example, right now, uh, uh, out of, uh, let's say, the users in 70 countries, there are 53 different uh, brands I'm talking of. I'm not talking of models. So there are 53 different brands and kinds of devices which your users are using. And uh, I think, uh, you know, there are, there, there are in some of the Chinese phones, honestly, uh, because sometimes their Android is very different <laughs> from the standard Android. But we, we do it just for that. So we keep on, you know, whichever the larger apps are, we try and make sure that it, the compatibility remains. Other than the native Android phones like Google Pixel, I know that the Samsung Galaxy devices seem to be pretty popular and they have, they have in the past anyway, had their own sort of little variation. Are you working with the Samsung devices okay, like the Galaxy? Yeah, Samsung works perfectly. So just to tell you the Pixel, Samsung, LG, Nokia, Motorola, all the, all, you know, and then for example, in, in India, Xiaomi is big. Techno is very big in Africa. Oppo and Vivo are very big towards Southeast Asia. So it just works uh, across uh, most of the devices. Not a problem. And I take it that because of all the magic you are doing and the permissions that are required, there will never be a Louis for iOS. Is that right? See, I don't know, Jonathan. So to be honest, uh, when uh, four years back, I told you I started working, I went to a couple of companies. We, I, I didn't have any funds at that time. And I just requested them that, look, this is the vision. Can you help me at least establish the basic feasibility? And on Android only, I initially got pushback saying, just not possible, impossible. Nobody can do it. And the options they were giving me would have ensured that uh, Louis would have been just like Google Assistant. So today, whatever limited work that Google Assistant can do with the specific apps, that is all Louis would have been limited to. So, you know, but we kept at it and uh, we started the company for six months. Would you believe it? Not a single line of code written. So we were trying to do various things. We knew these are the milestones. So I wouldn't rule out anything, uh, you know, for or against uh, iPhone. The plan is to uh, do a technical feasibility in the second half of uh, next year and if required, even reach out to App Apple. 
but uh, yeah, I am very, very hopeful that uh, we would uh, be able to uh, crack it on uh, iPhone in some way. Maybe with the Apple's you've, help. I, I don't know at this point. You've come a long way, though. I understand you've now got 14 employees, and some of those are blind developers. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, they're not developers uh, right now. By the way, I'm talking to one person who might join in. So, right now, the developers are cited. But I got three more uh, colleagues who are uh, visually impaired. They typically take care of uh, the entire user experience and testing. And like like you were saying, the user experience in this case, say, case is so critical. So, the good thing is uh, being four of us being visually impaired means that a lot of the thoughts, how to do it, how to test it? Is it working for me? Is it will it work for other visually impaired friends? So a lot of these things get resolved uh, internally before we push out anything to the user. Is there a cost for the app? Uh, no, not right now. Uh, I, you know, at least for, uh, for quite some time to come, it will remain free. So by the way, we are like a social venture, a tech startup. We have investors in India, US, and Singapore. So we plan to keep it free uh, as long as, uh, you know, it takes to sort of roll it out across apps uh, and uh, hopefully across platforms. Even when we go uh, to a paid app, because at some point we need to be sustainable. So that's for sure. But the approach, Jonathan, is going to be very, very different. So typically what a lot of apps do is they start off with, let's say, a subscription price of $5 in US and then the, keep a similar price across the world. What we want to do is to, you know, for, for uh, you know, because the way, uh, you know, I have been driving this project and even the kind of investors we have, by the way, two of our investors are visually impaired. So, you know, we what we all want to do is to make a social impact with this. So there is no point in building, uh, pricing it in a way that only 2% of the community can afford it and use it. And that makes us sustainable. So the whole idea is that price it so low, make it so affordable, A, to begin with, even in US, and then uh, to make sure that... Uh, uh, you know, we we sort of, uh, let's say, peg it to a price of a coffee or tea uh, across the world in every country. So depending upon the per capita income, you know, price it in a, uh, in a way that it is affordable to most users. And also close, work closely with the national blind organizations, uh, you know, so that we can do some kind of a, you know, bulk arrangement where they can then distribute uh, the app amongst their users. But, you know, the success will be if we can really make it affordable and accessible to all visually impaired people across the world. So that's the way we are looking at this whole uh, project. And you're confident that the investors you have will have the patience to let you do that? Uh, yeah, because uh, I hope so. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> see, the re reason is so far, I can tell you each and every investor who is coming in, uh, I think with two primary goals. So one is they can see that, okay, there is a good technology. They can see that it can be put to some great uh, social use. And uh, number two, uh, you know, uh, they, of course, want it to be sustainable and profitable. But I think none of them are really coming uh, in right now and saying, okay, I want this much return. You know, when I mean, honestly, it's the other way around uh, right now. I, I say, okay, uh, I need to price uh, it, it in some way. And I get a pushback, strong pushback saying, no, 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 don't price it. Uh, let it go. Let users use it. We want it to be affordable. So that, that's why I said we'll keep it free as long as we can. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, see the other thing, Jonathan, I must tell you, we are right now talking only of visually impaired. Now, something like this, it has been made keeping a blind person in mind who cannot see the screen. Now, something like this is actually great for motor disabled. It's great for elderly people. It's great for even people who are, let's say, less literate. 
right? Because it could, and we want to do multiple languages, uh, etc. So, you know, the, where we make money from, I think over a period of time, other sources will also open up. And like I said, the, the bottom line is make it affordable uh, for, uh, you know, people where it, uh, you know, to whose life they, it can make a positive impact. Yes, and I'm thinking about some of the Android phones that are blindness specific, like the Blind Shell Classic is one that immediately comes to mind. And that's designed specifically for blind people. It's kind of a walled garden. It has a blind friendly user interface. It would be ideal for devices like that. But as I sit here thinking about Louis and how I might use it, actually, I reckon it'd be okay on Windows as well. Because if I'm reaching the end of my day or the beginning of my day, and I want to get an Uber somewhere in a really user-friendly way, I would be happy to call that Uber, say, before I shut down my computer for the day. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. So I think, uh, yeah, options are there across platforms. So if people want to check this out, it's available globally in the Google Play Store, I take it, and it's available right now. Absolutely. And uh, it is called Louis Voice Control, and Louis is spelled as L-O-U-I-E. And I take it the inspiration for the name Louis is what we would expect. It was inspired by Braille, was it? <laughs> Absolutely right. So we were, by the way, we day one knew that it's going to be a global app. We were looking for a simple, short and sweet name. So, you know, if you can start it by saying, hey, Louis. So something short and simple. And the, we just came across this and we said, wow. So this is a great inspiration also to, you know, go with. I mean, Braille has made so much impact in our life. I think uh, I think the objective is here. We should be able to make some positive impact with Louis as well. Congratulations on having the initiative to set this up. I'll be excited to see where it goes. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, it was really wonderful to be here. Be the first to know what's coming in the next episode of Mosin at Large. Opt in to the Mosin media list and receive a brief email on what's coming so you can get your contribution in ahead of the show. You can stop receiving emails anytime. To join, send a blank email to media-subscribe at mosin.org. That's media-subscribe at M-O-S-E-N dot org. Stay in the know with Mosin at Large. We're going to put this through its paces now as best we can. I don't have an Android phone at this point, although I am thinking about rectifying that. So I've brought our resident Android expert in terms of technology, the, the technological black sheep of the family, because he's the only one that has an Android device and everybody else has iPhone. Richard Mosin, welcome to Mosin at Large. Hello, it's great to be here. What is it that gets you on Android as opposed to the iPhone that everybody else is using? Well, I had a I had an iPhone for about a quarter of an hour a few years <laughs> ago. Um, and um, just like the, the fact that you couldn't just drag and drop music from your computer to the phone just made me think no this isn't what i want you know um i i like having having control over that sort of thing it is a little bit better now than it was but i mean that's right it's just so nice to treat your phone as a drive and copy things across and i get that so you're still enjoying being in the android ecosystem yeah i like it a lot what are some of your favorite apps um well to be honest like most of the apps i've got uh fully compatible with ios as well um you know i've just got my my podcast player my audiobook player my, my podcast player of choice is a uh, podcast addict which right. is quite nice it's got the and silent I believe, skipping i believe that's quite accessible too oh, yeah. one thing i do like a lot about my phone is that um i can top up my snapper bus card using it yeah whereas i've heard that actually i think that you can on yes, the iphone 7 now. now only just recently but android's had it for a long time yeah yeah 
um i i told i told my girlfriend that uh you can top up your your snapper card with your iphone if you don't have a headphone jack if you don't have a headphone jack it's the iphone 7 and up oh i see yeah. right okay i get it now mm. all right very good thanks so, <laughs> Obscure, but yeah. So, <laughs> so you've got your Samsung Galaxy S8, and actually, for those who go all the way back to the blind side, this is the same Galaxy S8 that we did the review of, and then I gave it to Richard. Mm. So uh, you've had a play with Louis. What's your impression of it so far? Well, I'm a sighted person. I don't often use screen readers. But um, from what I can see, it seems like it's quite good it's very easy to get the hang of it is quite like uh quite basic like if you're used to a normal screen reader i I don't know if you'd enjoy this but if you're someone who hasn't used a smartphone before i think that like it could be a really good way to get into using it like in an accessible way yeah and potentially for completing tasks more efficiently too because obviously with a screen reader there's a lot of flicking and searching for the correct icon on the screen. So, you know, if you want really efficient access to certain apps, it could work quite well. Mm. The main caveat there is certain apps, because I believe there's only like five or six apps that it's compatible with. That's right. So shall we put it through its paces? Um, What's the game plan? What should we try and do with this before we start it up? The main things that you could do is it for uh, calling someone using just the phone. We could play a YouTube video. Uh, We could Call an Uber, although I'm not ready to leave just yet, but we could get most of the way through that process. Why don't we try that? Because that's quite a cool example. And and presumably it'll just confirm that we really want to book it before we do all that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if not, I guess we can just cancel it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to run it and see where we go with it? All right. I'll just press the button. Hello, Mr. Richard. Touch with two fingers on your phone screen to interrupt me anytime and give your commands quickly. I support YouTube, Uber, WhatsApp, contacts, or calls. Which of these apps would you like to open? Uber. Opening Uber. Uber is loading. Just a moment. Setting it up. Screen is loading. Getting things ready. Say or spell destination or say multiple stops to start multiple stop booking. The warehouse, Porirua. Got it. The warehouse, Porirua. The warehouse, Porirua. CNR22 Place and Winiera Drive, Porirua City Centre, Porirua 5022, New Zealand. Would you like to select this location? Yes? No? Or let's search again? Yes. Hi, fair. Sorry about that. The headphone Net, jack $26.02, 11.05 a.m. Send packages to friends and family. Would you like to select this ride? Yes? No? Or directly speak the ride name? No. It, okay. It Reading defaults next to ride. Uber Connect for Uber some reason. $24.82, 11.03 a.m. Affordable. Everyday rides. Select this ride. Yes? No? Or directly speak the ride name? Yes. Your pickup location is. Your destination is the warehouse Porirua. It's a good thing this is pre-recorded. Payment yeah. <laughs> method. Payment method. Family ad payment. Good to go with. Aberks. Confirm or edit. Cancel. What you want to change? Pickup location? Destination? Or your ride? Exit. It exited itself. Uh, okay. 
when you load the Uber app like that, yes, are you seeing the Uber app on the screen? I am. Yeah, it's um, it's all visually there. That's really impressive that you asked for a destination in Porirua, which is uh, a place name that belongs to the Māori indigenous people of New Zealand, and it got that. Mm. That was really quite impressive. Um, I, I, I will say that um, when I was coming here, I actually tried to order the Uber to your house using this app, and it, it, it couldn't get your street name. No, well, I mean, sometimes when I call the automated attendants of some of the taxi companies, it doesn't get our street name either. Yeah. We, we live in a very bizarre our, – our street name is a West Indian place name. And uh, it does cause some problems with IVR. But that was a very impressive demonstration. I mean, that was just like a conversation you were having with it. Yeah. And uh, if you know what you want, like it will say Uber Connect, yes, no, something. You can just double tap it and just say what you want to say. You don't have to listen to all the options, which is good if you're used to doing it. Very good. Should we try and get another demo game maybe of finding something on YouTube or something? Yeah, sure. What would you like to see on YouTube? Do a music video? Uh, I'd like, I want the Google Driving Car for Christmas by Jonathan Mosen. All right, let's see if we can get that. Let's mm. just activate Louie again. Hi, Mr. Richard. Just say talk fast and I will increase my speech rate. I support YouTube, Uber, WhatsApp, contacts, or calls. Which of these apps would you like to open? YouTube. Please tell me the name of the video you want to search for. I want a Google driving car for Christmas by Jonathan Mosen. Sure, opening YouTube. Reading search results for I want a Google driving car for Christmas by Jonathan Mosen. Jonathan Mosen, I want the Google driving car for Christmas. Two minutes, 44 seconds. J Mosen, 369 views. One month ago, would you like to play this video? Yes? No? Currently selected Jonathan yes. Mosen. I want the Google Drive in play this video. Next or previous video. Search. Or more options. Yes. Okay, playing. Loading. Okay, Google. Okay. <laughs> Take me to the pub. The pub is 13 minutes now. from your location by car and light video pause. Pause. Please speak one of these commands. Play, next, forward, rewind. Pause. That is really impressive. Already paused. Video pause. That... Please speak one of these commands. Play, <laughs> next, forward, rewind, replay, comment, go to channel, or more options. Pause. It is paused, though. So you, <laughs> if you push, if you say pause again, it'll probably restart it, I would imagine. But um, that that's really very good. I mean, it got that search term... Totally correct, didn't it? It did, yeah. So that's YouTube. A very impressive demonstration there. Yeah. Let's take a look at WhatsApp. Would, would you like to have a go? Okay, then. All right, All right then. Here's the... I'm in charge. Here's the device. Oh, very nice. You got a, Is that a case for it you have? It, uh, yes, it does have a case. Hello, Mr. Richard. Say talk less for a super fast experience. I support YouTube, Uber, WhatsApp, contacts, or calls. Which of these apps would you like to open? WhatsApp. One sec. Latest chat. Mosin family chat. 8th January 2021. Nana Walter. 24th December 2020. 200. No more items. Read.
reverse read, or open this chat previous. More options? Or directly say go to followed by the contact name. Go to Jonathan Mosen. Got it, Jonathan Mosen. I found one result, Jonathan Mosen. No more contacts. Select this contact. Search again. Or cancel. Select. Okay. Opening. Chat with Jonathan Mosen. No conversations yet. Say commands anytime for all commands. Commands. New message, voice message, share location and more options. Voice message. Speak after the ping sound. Touch with one finger to send and two fingers to cancel. Speak now. Speak now or forever hold your peace. So this is really cool. So I'm sending a voice message via Richard's phone to myself and it says I just tap the screen to stop. So I shall do that. Message sent. Wow. Speak now or forever hold your peace. So this is really cool. So I'm sending a voice message via Richard's phone to myself and it says I just tap the screen to stop. So I shall do that. No more messages. Send a new message reverse read upon or go back to WhatsApp home screen. Stop listening. Shutting down. Wow, that is pretty impressive actually. Yeah. That's really not bad at all. I mean, you can you can really appreciate that people who are new, uh, maybe struggling with the gestures, just anything like that. I mean, that is a great experience, and it works. I mean, it works just like they say on the tin. It should. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that like they've got like the start of something very good here. Once they expand it out to cover a lot more apps, I think it's it'll be really good. It is still in beta, of course. So. Yes. And the fact that it also integrates with contacts and calls means that presumably you can text message people through the contacts, can you? Yeah, uh, you can. I I took a look at that. Um, you can. It works pretty much like it did there with WhatsApp. Very good. Yeah. So that is Louie, L-O-U-I-E, and it's available free in the Google Play Store. Yeah, I appreciate you helping us with the demonstration. Yeah, no problem. We needed your expertise and your Android phone. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who have been following your illustrious career over the years, because you were hosting a show on Mushroom FM for a while. I was. A, a couple, in fact. What are you up to these days? Well, I've been you know, at university, um, still studying my sound engineering. I've got one year left of that. Also been working at the library there, which has been very nice. So presumably you know more than me about all this audio stuff in here now. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll have to do, a, a, do a, a challenge. A challenge! We should have a quest. Yeah. Well, anyway, in the meantime, thank you for showing us, Louis. No problem. Like the show? Then why not like it on Facebook too? Get upcoming show announcements, useful links, and a bit of conversation. Head on over now to facebook.com slash large. That's facebook.com slash M-O-S-E-N at large to stay connected between episodes. To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line, it's a US number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin at-